Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that. Second hour is here. Hot Mike with Huddy Withrow. Welcome back. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Getting you to the weekend with the AFC and NFC Championship games. We'll be previewing that coming up. Derek Mason will be with us, former NFL All-Pro wide receiver. He'll join us here in studio, our broadcast location right here in Music City. Withrow with a well-deserved day off. He'll be back with us on Monday. In studio with me, though, well, uh, the accolades, they, they climb. Higher and higher each and every time. Dave Meltzer uh, joins us. Uh, entrepreneur, longtime executive of probably literally everything and, and much more. <laughs> Author, speaker. Good to see you. Great to see you. You know, the older you get, the better you were. So it works really well, well for me. Well, they're not saying that about me. Trust me. Uh, what, <laughs> what brings you in town? You know, there's a boxing extravaganza at the Standard, and I heard there's an amazing... Uh, speaker there uh running the thing so i had yes. to come in and we have a celebrity vip dinner at the standard and all gonna go to the boxing match on saturday yeah, fight night is legit, it legit. Uh, the, the many the, the many people that ask about it uh but the details are limited uh, on what happens it's it's gonna be fun um and just being in nashville thank you for coming by the studio today um news around the sports world i hear you're connected to literally everybody do you realize that it, when a headline's out, you're pre probably know the person that's involved in some way. Do you realize how connected you are to literally any headline out there? It is crazy how, as you do get older, and if you try to treat people the, the right way and stay in the same industry, starting at Lee Steinberg's not a bad head start. Right. So running the most notable sports agency. Uh, and back then, we would brag. This is really funny. We would brag about having $2 billion in management. And now today, that could be two clients, maybe a one and a half clients. Uh, back then, that was a real big deal. And so the one degree of separation is overwhelming. And part of it's because of social media that yes. this amplified connection has really uh, overwhelmed me. Well, to put that in perspective, Goodell and the NFL owners, and you'll know this, they've long had this goal of $25 billion in revenue annually. They're at 22 and a half as of last year. They're going to surpass that. And I don't know when they've been talking about this as a big goal, but... The money continues to rise. Is it ever going to plateau? I don't think so, especially in our lifetime. And that's because of the world reach. When you see what happened in Germany this year, that if the processing speed was fast enough, they would have sold out in less than three minutes. There was three million people left without tickets that were in wow. the waiting room. And it was just the processing speed that slowed it down. So when you consider the NFL has the formula now to educate. And here's the interesting thing. What really sped that up uh, internationally is uh, EA Sports. Madden football should be credited as the most valuable tool for world expansion of football. Because I'll tell you, when my son was five years old, I was trying to teach him football. And my business partner, Warren Moon, the Hall of Fame quarterback, pretty well known in Tennessee, yes, obviously. Great guy. He, he, I said, Warren, can you sit down? Because I cannot explain this game that I played in college. You know, I'm fa fairly well uh, educated on football. I can't explain it to my son. He goes, 
Dave, just buy him Madden. He'll learn everything you would ever want to know. And that's what's really helped to create, which will be a 50 billion in, in the next few years. It will be 50 billion, mark my words. What could that mean for the NCAA football game moving forward if they strike a deal? Oh, it's going to be incredible. Same, and, same type? Yeah, absolutely. Plus, also, you have the NIL side that they right. never had before. So everything. We're going to have an agency, right? We're going to have uh, no a players doubt. association? For, for sure. And it's it's going to be Congress-led. So there's already a lot of people don't know, unfortunately, I'm a recovering lawyer. It's the legislation. Once the money gets big enough, now the legislators get involved. So then and that's gonna, happening now. Absolutely. Uh, how, how long of a process is this, though? A year and a half. How do you start? Oh, okay, so it's yeah. fast. Yeah. When, when there's money involved, things get done quickly because the government government actually wants its piece. And so they use regulating yeah. agencies in order to not only facilitate getting the money, but also when they can't think of what's going to happen in the future, they now have an entity that's supported by the government that then allows them to manipulate the money backwards. Yeah, what you said on that. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Dave Belter uh, in, in studio with us. Well, you mentioned you and Warren are business partners. What are you guys doing? So Sports One Marketing, uh, we've had this ever since we left in uh, 2010. We both were partners at Lee Steinberg, the sports agency. What we decided to do was take the best parts of sports agency and make it ours. So we took all this one degree of separation, bring them to all the best events in the world, Super Bowl, Pro Bowl, Masters, Kentucky Derby, and then use it to raise money for charity. And of course, you got to make a lot of money to help a lot of people. So we take our doing well to do good approach at uh, these events. And uh, you're, you've got Sports One Marketing and you've got the uh, the message that you're, you're spreading there. You've also got the, uh, the book, right? Yeah, well, I have eight books. Uh, four are published right now. And thanks to Gary Vaynerchuk, who's like the ultra entrepreneur, I had a radio show with Jim Layritz. <laughs> That was syndicated. Oh, great guy. Yeah. And so we, we, and he's told me seven Super Bowls ago, dude, you got to have a podcast. Seven Super Bowls ago, I told him there's too many podcasts and I'm too old to do one. He convinced me I wasn't. I helped him with his sports agencies, Vayner Sports, and he helped me build my social brand. I knew so little about it. I got a blue check for being verified. I'm David Meltzer, DM. My kids are Marissa, Miles, and, Mar and Marlena. So they're like, Dad, DM me. I said, well, MM me back. That's how little I knew. <laughs> well, <laughs> that, that may even, even be better for the podcast, but your Rolodex would be unbelievable for it, your guests. I'm blessed. That's what made the, We have 1,700 episodes now, and billionaires, millionaires, entrepreneurs, celebrities, athletes, entertainers. Give the plug again. We'll put it up. It's called The Playbook. Everyone's uh, following already. Yes. Yeah, it's, a, it's a pretty big one. You could outlast it. But, yes, we're, we're blessed. And if you need great guests, reach out. I'm going to, yeah. Uh, but Kathy gets it done as well as well uh, for us here on Hot Mike. Um, Dave, so how well do you know Jim Harbaugh? We, so Lee represented him. And he actually, when he started coaching, true story, called us to represent him again. He coached at USD, which is a Division yep. II school. Which everyone was connecting back to the area where he is now. Correct. And he wanted us to represent him. Lee and, and Warren have the same personality. Lee would not let me represent hmm. Jim Harbaugh. I told him it was a big mistake. And he said, Dave, one year I'll be at San Diego State. That's where he thought he was going to go next, but he went to Stanford. So I, I know him fairly well, and I am a Chargers fan, which makes it oh, even nice. worse. So uh, I'm extremely excited to have someone that OCD uh, in charge of the, the Los Angeles Chargers. What is he like behind the scenes? 
He's on but, the spectrum. Like he's but, gonna hate me for saying it. He is literally on the spectrum. But he's there are a lot nice of people guy. who are cool, but they, but they he turns it off like in front of a microphone. He's he's a lot like Belichick. Uh, in front of a microphone, a persona is way different than what they're like behind the scenes. Oh yeah, he is personable. Lee is too, by the way. He can be the most charming person in the world, but you can't keep up with how intelligent they are. And it's incredible how much they can process as far as understanding how the different dependent and independent variables of a coach, they're putting together things that I find myself fairly intelligent, but it just goes right above my head. And then the intensity that's caused by the OCD uh, is incredible as well. So he's a different person. That's why he's able to recruit players. That's why he's able to get the coaching staff aligned with his vision. Yeah. He does some really great emotional intelligence as well. Well, what, what, what's the expectation? Super Bowl, Super Bowl. right? Oh, and he still has the, the, the most, uh, the, the best winning percentage of any court, uh, coach right now active. Yep. Yes. And he will, only reason he's taking the job is twofold. He, he thinks he's the best chance to win the Super Bowl with the teams that are available. And he also remember he is a quarterback and he yeah. adores Justin Herbert. He sees raw talent that has not been developed because this poor kid had five coaches in college. He hasn't had the greatest coaching as a player in the NFL. And he is a quarterback and he's a coaches. He's a coaching quarterback. And that's really going to help Justin Herbert. Where are we with uh, who you're rooting for in this weekend? I'm, I'm all in on Detroit. Everybody is. It's got to be. I think some of the Niner fans have switched I, over. <laughs> well, maybe so. I, I <laughs> They've been there so often recently. I, uh, they're, I don't want them to win. I think the NFL absolutely wants Kansas City to win. You get Taylor Swift for the Super Bowl. They've long <sighs> wanted Taylor to do the halftime show. Now they get her for the entire game. Um, Kelsey, Kelsey proposes after the game, and he retires. I mean, I've, I've already I've, I've written the script for them. They, they probably wrote it before I said it. They want Taylor there. I want Detroit there. Can we get it? I, ho I hope so for the NFL's sake. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. Pat Mahomes is represented by Lee, and his dad was represented by Lee, the baseball player, and that's how Lee got him. But I didn't like Patrick Mahomes at first. I thought he was overrated. When they traded up for him, I thought he was over, overrated. And what happened was I thought it was Tyreek that made him great and and Kelsey that, well, any good quarterback with those two yeah. guys, if you're in trouble, you just throw it over there, and these guys got it. I was wrong. What he did last year. Without Tyreek Hill. Oh, what I, he's doing this year. Yeah, this year. And so I don't count them out. I mean, obviously, both teams are great. I think Baltimore has more talent. But Kansas City has the amazing Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey. And now they have Taylor Swift. And I just want to publicly say thank you, Taylor Swift. I have my office at SoFi Stadium. So I have a 46-person concert suite that is part of my lease, 10-year oh lease. We had six concerts with 46 tickets. I had friends, I think, that mortgaged their house so they could send their daughters to uh, TaylorMade. So I uh, basically got three years of lease free uh, thanks to Taylor Swift. Thank you, babe. Yeah, you paid for itself. Uh, <laughs> what, is, what is the Taylor Swift value worth to the NFL? Can you, can you monetize this for me? Well, you got to figure just on tour alone, the demand was over a billion dollars that she made. And so profit. When, profit. So you have to think about what the promoters, the stadiums, et cetera, made. And she has a community. This is like when Disney bought Marvel. They couldn't own that group of 18-year-old men to 34-year-old men. So they decided finally, why are we trying to develop XD Disney when we could just buy Marvel and they own that audience? Think about this. Most of the Taylor Swift audience wasn't owned by the NFL. And so 
the amount of people that will play fantasy, play Madden, that weren't interested in any players or any teams. Now at least they're interested in Travis Kelsey, if not the Chiefs, or even be exposed to by playing fantasy and taking Travis. Yes. They'll start liking other players and other teams. So it was like when Beckham came to the MLS. How much was that work? Ask Messi now. Ask, look at the valuations of the MLS. I think Taylor Swift has as big as impact on the NFL that Beckham had when he came to the Galaxy and changed the MLS. Would it be the same impact if she dated a baseball player or a NBA player? NBA for sure. Remember the baseball audience? Uh, if she's in the crowd, though. Yeah. It, I, you see what the, I'm saying? Like, I, I do, I, but I'm not sure that, that, that I know NBA knows exactly what to do with that. And I know Major that, League Baseball wouldn't pan to her. That's the problem. That literally. I agree with you. They, they literally, the conservative nature is like, so what? You know, she's a singer. Yeah. She's a face in the crowd. Yeah. It, it, ridiculous. I mean, the, the, what was crazy, Dave, is the, uh, the, Bears game the first time she was there sitting in the box with Kelsey's mom and they had what 26 million people that tuned in <sighs> to that game it was a 41 to 10 final on a, a, a it was a, a regional game yeah. that Fox went to and the audience was massive for a blowout and then the very next week was Sunday night football Chiefs at Jets and that was the largest broadcast for NBC since the Super Bowl. And streaming. Don't forget that. And streaming, side. yes. Yeah, it was ridiculous. In fact, my girls, I have three daughters, 24, 22, and 19. Nick Lowry, for my birthday, invited me to their suite for the game. And my girls thought I was insane that I didn't want to go. Like, literally trying to figure out how they could go for me. And it would have been the biggest gift I could have given them ever. That's how much they think of that girl. Other than what you're doing right now, what's been your favorite job? Uh, other than I'm doing now, Lee Steinberg, I, um, by, by far running the most notable sports agency in the world. Uh, it's not just the money that we got to make. It was the access and the ability to build a community of people yeah. that help each other and know people that can help each other at the highest level. So to be friends with the Hunt family, the Rooney family, to understand, I mean, the reason I got into SoFi is my relationship with Steve Jones. Tillman Fertitta wrote the forward to my book. None of that happens if Lee Steinberg doesn't open the door for me and say, welcome into the Billionaire's Boys Club. You have access to all of it. And if you treat it properly, you will have that access for life. And it changed my life. Um, although I will tell you, it's a really difficult, I called it a glamorized stuck. Every frustrated little Jewish guy that went to law school that wanted to play sports and can't, they wanted my job. And for, to have a job that's really difficult and everybody want it and think it's easy and it's the best job in the world is a really, it makes it even more difficult than it is. If you're not in, in the middle of a stressful situation, do you feel normal? I don't. Anymore. Everyone wants to be stress-free, and I think you <laughs> thrive off of it. Yeah. No, I, I actually, it's interesting because later on in my life, especially the last 15 years, it's surprising, but I you know, write my books about being at ease, identifying dis-ease, so I can handle, my comfort zone is so large that was you know, predicated upon a high-pressure, difficult lifestyle that most people look at me and go, how the heck does this guy do it? He must be stressed out all the time. My normal is highly productive and active because my comfort zone is so big. You know, I, 
I study The Course in Miracles. I write about, I'm on the Transformational Leadership Council. I've been in the movie Beyond the Secret. I actually- You've done it all. In a very trans, <laughs> transformation mindset, but from the outside, people think I'm still the greatest hustler there is. <laughs> Well, I, I doubt that. Yeah, I doubt I, that. But uh, thank I mean, you. if you, if I mean, that's you, you would take a course on that and write about that if you, I, if you would I, confirm it. Thank you, um, dude. I'm looking forward to fight night. Me too. Up this week, especially now. It's going to be. A I blast. know what you're doing. It's, it's going to awesome. be a blast. Yeah, it's going to be uh, awesome uh, in the, the cellar tonight as well. Uh, uh, we're inside baseball here. Baseball won't pan to us on that. Uh, right. Dave, thank you so much, man. Thank appreciate you. It. Have me back. I appreciate. Oh, anytime. You guys. Anytime. Uh, Dave Belter uh, has been our guest. Uh, uh, Plenty of stories there we could dive into. We need a full show with them. Derek Mason, though, is waiting in the wings. Former NFL All-Pro at wide receiver, former Baltimore Raven, Tennessee Titan. Joins us right here next on Hot Mike. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Big thanks to Dave Meltzer for joining us in studio. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine's Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow here at Outkick.com. Uh, follow us on social through the weekend, and you can also catch the YouTube page for anything on demand. But live content, Outkick.com slash watch. Outkick.com slash watch is where you go, or you can just go to the front page, scroll up to the top. It's right here. Uh, you click the watch tab, and all live content exclusive to Outkick.com. And then you can watch more as well. Just scroll over. You get the five-spot. The Fade, uh, Tommy, Dan Dockett, Charlie, and more. It's all there, uh, right there at OutKick.com. In studio with me, D Mace, Derek Mason. What's going on? All pro wide receiver, <laughs> Baltimore Raven, Tennessee Titan. Good to see you, man. Hey, it's good to be here. I like the setup, man. Yeah, your Goodness. first time back here in the, yes. in the studio. You've uh -huh. been to six at Peabody, which is a massive footprint. Uh huh. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, you can hear the band out here a little bit, but not much. Not much. Not it's much. secluded back here. I like it though. Yeah, not not bad. Yeah, uh -huh. you're welcome here anytime. Nice gig, anytime. man. Anytime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, fake it till you make it. You know what I mean? <laughs> you got a great gig too. Uh, uh, Mace is a local uh, radio host as well, uh, who's crushing it with all the perspective. Um, give me perspective on all the coaching movement and the fact that Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel mm -hmm. didn't land a gig or have it yet. Yeah, and you how, know, how are you surprised by that? Because I am. it's it's surprising because the way they talked, uh, put Bill Belichick aside. Uh, I think the way that 
the national media talked about Mike Vrabel. Yeah. The minute he get it, the minute he's available, everybody will be kicking down his door to get a job, you know, for him to be their head coach. The Titans would be fools to release him. They can't fire him. The yeah. minute he goes, watch and see. Well, the market will tell you exactly what's going to happen. Listen, what you may think about yourself is one thing, but then once the market, you know, sort of, once you get out there and you sort of fill around, the market's going to tell you um, otherwise. Just like players. Players may think they're worth seven, eight, nine, ten million, but then once you get out on the market, the market's going to tell you how much you're worth. All right. Here's the counter. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick's not going to go coach for uh, the average NFL team. Neither would Vrabel. You weren't going to go play for the Cincinnati Bengals whenever you were a free agent. No. Nah. I mean, they played a lot of money now. Okay. It's but but a story. money's but the yes. same. You're gonna, if you knew you could wait and just, uh-huh. hey, be patient here, your agent's telling you, wait till camp because you're going to land somewhere instead of, again, you didn't have to do that. Exactly. But you get my point here. That, mm-hmm. If Vrabel's being told or if he's telling himself, I'm not going to go coach for over here because mm-hmm. I, I know I could land this gig. And I don't think Belichick fits every organization, which is strange that Atlanta was doing it because I don't think he really fits them either because of the president and the general manager structure. Mm-hmm. You know, the Chargers made sense for all three guys, and Harbaugh yeah. ends up there. But every, I think everybody knew that it was either Harbaugh to the Chargers or, you know, right. it was like a done deal in a sense, even sure it though was. it wasn't a done deal. Bill Belichick, here's the problem that Bill Belichick runs into, um, is that he's not willing – to move, budge, or change. There's a reason why Nick Saban lasted so long in college football because Nick was able to adapt. As much as he did not exactly, want to. Exactly. And he was able to get young talent at coaching positions knowing, knowing that he was going to lose them eventually. All right, let's give an example of uh-huh. him. You, you, you're at Michigan State. Yes. Saban's there. Mm-hmm. What was he like compared to where he ended? Um, he was a little bit more rigid. Back then, a little uh, bit, a lot, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Compared to, I'm did you sure, like him? No, I liked it. Listen, my thing was, I can work with anybody. Just tell me what I need to do. What are the expectations? And I, because I have my own self goal, and my goal was to make it to the NFL. So I'm going to do those things that are necessary. I'm not going to. If, if you ask me to be somewhere, I'm going to be there. At times, it was reluctantly getting up at 5.30 in the morning, you know, going to work out. But I knew there was a means to an end. Exactly. So I went and did it. I can work with any coach in the National Football League if you allow, if you tell me what you're looking for, because I'm going to go out and do it. And Nick was the same. If you you did the things that Nick asked you to do, which was go to class, show up to practice, give 100%. If you're supposed to be in the weight room, be in the weight room. If you did those things, you didn't have a problem with Nick whatsoever. It was those guys that sort of tried to skirt the the, the process or tried to hurry up the process. He didn't have time for those guys. And I'm sure he was like that up until the day he retired. Um, But he probably was a – he understood he had to change in regards to players. He It was no more I can talk at you. I had to talk – to you and explain things. And I don't, I'm not sure if Bill Belichick was that way. I, I think Bill Belichick was, it was more so of, it's my way. I want my people in place. I'm not doing it your way. And that's why New England eventually, along with the losing, but yeah. that's why New England eventually moved away from them. They wanted their organization back, and they got it. The thing that was so strange to me, Mace, and we've talked about this, I believe, is mm-hmm. just the, his choice for what they did post-Josh McDaniels. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, Matt Patricia, you don't Matt. Why do you hire Matt Patricia yeah. as an offensive coordinator? Yeah. He's not an offensive coordinator. Why and do you do it? He's never yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, the development of a quarterback there too, uh, where I don't think Mac Jones is all. He's not great, mm-hmm. 
I don't think he had much of a chance given the setup there. No, no. I mean, I, it'd be it'd be interesting to see how Mac Jones does this season if Gerard Mayo and that coaching staff decides not to go with the quarterback. Which if you to, don't, you got to explain it to they've your fan to. base. But it'd be interesting to see how is Mac Jones without Bill Belichick. Is he a better player? Because you got to remember, this guy went to the Pro Bowl his first year. He was pretty good. Yeah. And it seemed no, like it went down. So I always his first scoff year. at that because he, uh-huh. he, he was a replacement guy. Yeah, it I was think. like the second or third. I, I get what you're yeah. saying, though. Uh-huh. We went to the playoffs. Exactly. Um, and they, they actually won enough games to do that when mm-hmm. Josh McDaniel was there. And then they replace him with, you know, they've, with guys who weren't developers of quarterbacks. Exactly. And, and that was the, from the greatest of all time coach mm-hmm. that did that. Yeah. The results and, weren't there. And, and, and I think, you know, Kraft saw that. And he wanted to move away yeah. from that. Um, Mike Vrabel, different story. He's young enough. He is a good coach, but here's what Mike, I think, runs into it. And we had, um, I forget, a McClain. John. John McClain on. He was on our um, show right before ours. John McClain didn't say him by name. And he may not even be referring to Mike Vrabel. Yeah. But he said, the next coach, you can't be hiring your boys, your friends. You can't. Because what happens is your friends are not doing a good job and you can't fire them. Hence, you yeah. know, his 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 ability to hire assistant coaches didn't work. You know, you hired Dean Pease. Well, Dean Pease came. That was one of few that worked. Dean Pease worked. I don't even give him Arthur Smith because Arthur was there already. But he retained just, him. He at least yeah, he retained, just retained him. Arthur. But he was all, he also was paired with LaFleur. Exactly, which LaFleur ended up getting the job the next following year. Now LaFleur is doing well. Yeah. So his pick of assistant coaches hadn't been hadn't been, you know, a good track record for him. So I think that may have been one of the reasons too, Amy decided to go another direction because listen, you keep on hiring these guys that are not doing well. Believe me, other coaches, I mean, other GMs and other owners are looking at that too. Who are you hiring to be your assistant? Are they doing a good job? He hasn't done well with the offensive line coach. He hasn't done well with the defensive coordinator. He hasn't done well with the offensive coordinator. I like Tim Kelly. Tim Kelly was a sort of a little bit handcuffed because of the offensive line. But before Tim Kelly and in between Arthur Smith, there was no production. No. No production whatsoever. So these are what these owners are looking at. Are you hiring young, innovative coordinators, whether it be offense or defense? And it seemed like he wasn't. I don't think a lot of these owners know football that well. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think they're just following the There may be some that does and some, some that don't. It's a, there's a lot uh-huh. of, it's a lot like uh, college football programs that have to keep up with the Joneses. Uh-huh. You know, they need a new facility uh, uh, water fountain because Bama's got the million-dollar one or whatever. Um, <laughs> you've touched the cloak of Sean McVay. You're uh-huh. going to get higher. Oh, yeah. Uh, same goes now for Shanahan. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen in Detroit, Mace? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I know you've. I, I I can't wait to see if the Lions can get the Super Bowl. I know you're on board with this. Yes. Um, Dan Campbell, possibility he could lose both coordinators. Yeah. What's going to happen with him? Because McVay and Shanahan do a good job of reloading uh-huh. that that group. You, you, McVay's lost a lot of coaches he's been with. Yeah. You know Miami. Uh, Minnesota, uh, that w- what's going on with Shanahan and uh, his offensive coordinator would have been is now in Slowick is now in Houston. You know, there's a lot of guys that are just around. Um, what's going to happen with Campbell? I'm curious about that because I, I view Campbell more of the Vrabel type guy uh-huh. than I do the innovative young coach like Shanahan and McVay. I think with, with Campbell, he's set up in an environment where I think coaches want to come 
to coach with them. I think because he doesn't have a necessary expertise in offense nor defense, even though he was a tight end, yeah. um, people are willing to work with him. People see he has a quarterback. He has a really good defense. That rush in is damn good. Yeah, His message is consistent, and his teams want to play for him. So I think coaches are coaches will gravitate to that. And he holds people accountable. Exactly. I think Absolutely. even the ownership. Yeah, exactly. So I think if he does have to replace, you know, Johnson or his defensive coordinator, Glenn, yeah. I think he's going to be able to do that. It may take a minute for them to regroup, sort of like what Philly did when they replaced um, their offensive coordinator. They didn't look like the same offense. They no. did still win a lot of game, won a lot of games, but they didn't look like the same offense. The continuity wasn't there. I think if he lose both of his coordinators, it may take them a while to build that continuity, but they're still going to be winning in the process, but not winning the way we saw them win this year. All right, let's 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 preview these weekend's matchups. Let's start with the NFC because we're talking mm-hmm. Detroit. Detroit on the road against San Francisco. Uh, they're the underdog here. They've been the underdog story, but they've lived up to the expectation. They've lived up to the hype of the preseason as the media darling coming off the eight-win season. Oh, they're they're going to be back. They're going to be better. Uh, they finished last season strong. They start this season strong. They win at Arrowhead, and they've never really looked back. Nah. They, they've had a couple bumps in the road, but every team has this year. Mm-hmm. What... What's the matchup that Detroit must win against the 49ers team that everyone has pointed to all season as, yeah, they're going to get back to the NFC Championship game? Um, San Francisco's defensive line against um, Detroit offensive line. Detroit has a hell of an offensive line. But on the contrary to that, that defensive line of San Francisco is pretty good. But we saw last week Aaron, Aaron Jones was able to run through them last week. Now you got Gibbs. And Montgomery, two different type backs, but both of them can run between the tackles and outside. It may be a long day for the San Francisco 49ers trying to stop them. And then look at, you know. If they can run it, the game's over. Oh, yeah. If they they can run the football, now you take the pressure (laughs) off of Jared Goff. Now Jared Goff can play the way he wants to. Set up the the pass via the run. They're going to run the football. I mean, uh, Gibbs is probably – this kid's good, man. They unleashed him finally. There's a reason – why they drafted him in the first round. The kid is good because he fits more of the model of what the modern-day NFL running back looks like. The way like. that B. John Robinson should have been used. Exactly. We're going to run you. We're going to throw you passes. Yeah. We're going to you know, put you in situations to succeed. If Detroit can run the football, it's going to be a long day because now if I control the game the way I want to, play the physical brand of football that I want to, San Francisco plays physical. But – they had some chinks in armor last week. It took them a minute, minute to get going. And if Debo can't play, that is a big loss for San Francisco. I, I believe he will play, but he won't be 100%. So what, what do they lose the most without Debo Samuel, given that they have the plethora of talent across uh-huh. the offense? They what, lo- what, what, is, what does he add that no, one other, no other player can just jump in and fill in for? I think the ability to line up anywhere on the field. Christian McCaffrey has that as well, but now he's not as aggressive and as physical as Debo Samuel. Debo, you could put him in the backfield, you could put him at, at the fullback, you could put him at tight end, you could put him at receiver. He's going to make a play at every spot that he has. And Shanahan has set up his offense so they can do such, uh, uh, yep. such as yeah, that to go out there. And he's he's sort of that in the past. I love Ayuk. I love Kittles. But Purdy, um, um, um Debo is the guy that Purdy looks for. He's the guy that settles Purdy down. When things go awry, he's looking for Debo Samuel each and every time. They didn't have that last week when Debo got hurt, and he struggled. 
He had a good last drive in that game, but he struggled because his playmaker wasn't yeah. in the game. What do you think the locker room thinks about Brock Purdy? They're oh, winning, man. so everyone's going to yeah, love him. Yeah, they're, they're winning everything. I think Brock's a good quarterback, um, and I think that locker room believes in him, but they know that we got to play our A game if we're going to win with Brock as our quarterback. There's a reason why it came out that um, Shanahan talked to Tom Brady about being a quarterback. What yeah. was it, last year or this year? And let Brock Purdy know, like, if we get him, you're going to be backing him up. There's a reason yeah, I think why. Pur- I think Purdy admitted that, didn't uh-huh. he? Exactly. There's a reason why they did that. They believe in him, but they believed in him like they believed in Garoppolo or any other of these quarterbacks. Yeah, you can get us there, but can you win us the game? And that game is the NFC Championship. Can he win them the NFC Championship? I don't know if he can. I don't know if he can't. But if you don't have Debo Samuel, it's going to be tough to do it. He had the ball last. Well, when, yeah. that when he he didn't have the ball last. He when he had the ball and he needed to go score last mm-hmm. last week. He did it. Full field. Yeah. He did it. He wasn't playing great. Mm-hmm. There's two things though that that stand out to me. Number one, I think it was after his first or second win when he came in last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Bosa post game interview was just like, yeah, we we found our quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's our quarterback. This dude can play. Mm-hmm. Just all, all coming off the field. I was like, what? Because they were trying to figure <laughs> out who the guy was, and guys were banged up, and may come back and. I'm like, man, this guy, he's like one of the biggest voices you could you could have on that roster. That's number one. Number two, the fact that Shanahan, who invested so heavily in Trey Lance, mm-hmm. went with the $800,000 last pick guy and didn't hesitate and just admitted fault, but went to his invested in the guy that he trusted. That trust, to me, speaks volumes on where he can be and what he can do. If he wins this week, though, I still don't think the – vast majority of people are going to be like, yeah, okay, uh, let's give him credit. Because I, I think he deserves more than what he gets. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's elite. No. I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, argue with Shannon Sharp over this. I wasn't screaming he, he was elite. I just think he's better than good. He's good enough to get you where you want to go, but you're going to have to need help once you get there with him. Um, he does everything right within that system. But Would you rather does- have him or Goff? Ooh, I know I'd the re- other two I'd rather have. I'd rather have Jared Goff. Really? Because Jared Goff can make every throw. Okay. There's throws that Brock Purdy just can't make because of his arm strength. Those long, deep outs, you can't make them. That was Marcus Mariota problem. You remember that yeah, a long time can, ago. That's right. He can throw in between the hashes. That's what he did at Oregon. But when you ask him to throw outside the numbers, Sideline. he struggled. I think Purdy struggles more throwing the ball outside of the numbers than he does in the hash. And what, but what makes him so good is what made Joe Montana so good anticipation doesn't have the strongest arm but i anticipate i see things before they even open i expect and i trust that my receivers are going to be there when i throw it so when i take my third fifth seventh step even though they don't take seven steps anymore but third and fifth step i'm throwing a football and i expect you to be there it's a timing offense with shanahan that's why he feel that's why shanahan feels i can put any quarterback in that position as long as he has the ability to read defenses and has the ability to get the ball out the way I want him to get out. One, two, three, it's out. One, two, three, it's out. Everywhere. Everything is timing. I don't need a guy with a big, crazy arm. I just need a guy that's going to do the things that I'm asking him Mentally. to do. In that a timely like factor. Me. Exactly. Absolutely. So that's why he's getting away with 
these quarterbacks that we may not deem as elite quarterbacks, but they're good quarterbacks. Garoppolo, he's not elite. He was good, but he was only able to take you so far. Right. Brock Purdy, he's not elite, but he's good. We're going to find he's out. He's only able to take you so far, but you're going to need help once you get okay, there. Okay, so you don't think he's taking them to win? I'm, a, think, I'm, a, I'm picking the Lions. I know. I, I know. You know. Michigan guy here. Michigan. <laughs> Michigan guy. Um, let's flip to the AFC. Mm-hmm. Because um, I, I want to get to some Baltimore behind-the-scenes stuff with you in a moment because you've been inside the organization. But uh, just outside looking at the matchup here, what Mahomes is doing with the group around him now compared to what he had last year. That was compared to what he had the year before with Tyreek. What's Mahomes? What's the magic aspect there that even when in a, down, in a downturn when Kelsey wasn't putting up the numbers going into the playoffs he did last week? Mm-hmm. What's the... What causes the, the, the teams that face Mahomes and company mm-hmm. to just not come up with that one stop when they need it most against him? Even uh, with some receivers that will drop the passes for you. That's a good question. Uh, because if you go into a game, you look at it as, okay, looking at Kansas City offense, they're nowhere near what they were no. last year or the year before that. They are, without their quarterback, they are an anemic offense. With their quarterback – they are above average to really good. Their quarterback alone makes them really good. Take away he and Kelsey, the offense is bad. But well, they barely the, averaged three touchdowns yeah, this year. But here's You're here's right. the here's the thing that makes Mahomes Brady so good that you can drop two passes. I'm still coming to you. So as a receiver, it's like, okay, I dropped two passes. Some quarterbacks may go away from you and you and you're shot. You're like, oh, my goodness, my confidence is gone. That's not Patrick Mahomes. That wasn't Tom Brady. If you drop a ball, okay, yeah. okay I'm going to come back. You drop two, you know what? I'm upset. We're going to come back to the sideline. But it doesn't mean I'm not going to come back to you. He's going to give you an opportunity to make up for what you for what you dropped earlier in the game. And he's done it all season. Guys have dropped balls left and right. He still end up throwing them the ball at the end, yeah. and they end up making big catches. Who's the, who's the guy that has turned it around, though? Is it Rice? Is it? It's. Pacheco. I think it's Rice. I, I, I mean, Pacheco gives them ability. They can to, actually run it to run the football and take some of the stress off of Mahomes, where I got to make every throw because we don't have a running game. Yes. Yep. That's what you know. Early on in his career, he really didn't have a run game. He had to do everything by himself. But once they started to develop a run game, it took a little bit of the stress off of him. I think Pacheco, if he runs well, obviously he's going to give Baltimore problems. And it makes it even it, it it makes the problem of defending Mahomes even bigger. But Rice is the guy, along with Kelsey, obviously. But Rice is the guy that has stepped up. He was the guy that was supposed to have been their down the field guy, their big play guy. Struggled early, but now he's picked his game up and he's given you know Mahomes confidence to throw him the ball. I don't like betting against Mahomes, but I am this week. I'm taking yeah, Lamar in Baltimore. It's uh, hard to bet against him, and it's hard to not take Lamar Jackson this year and how he's. It, He's elevated his game again. He's already been an MVP. Mm-hmm. Now he's throwing the football. This is the best receiving core he's had around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Andrews is coming back. That defense. Are that, you buying them the way I am? I think it's oh, Baltimore. I, I, Detroit. I think Baltimore's going to win the Super Bowl. That's that's who I'm picking. I think the, the best team. They are top to the bottom. best team, top to bottom. Um, they have a defense that leads the league in three statistical categories that you must lead: sacks, points allowed, and interceptions or or turnovers. They lead the league in all three of those categories, and it's not even close. This is a this defense is reminiscent to the defense that they won Super Bowls with, whether it be the 2000 or the 2012. 
that defense got on the roll in 2012 as as well as Joe Flacco, and they were able to win the Super Bowl. We all know what that 2000 defense was about. Yeah. They were historically one of the best, if not the They're best defense. They're mentioned with the Bears. Exactly. So this defense, from that standpoint, is pushing closer to being historic defense than not. the. And now he has playmakers. We gotta we, we gotta look at Lamar from 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 this standpoint. When he first got into the league, and I was just watching a game of him. I think it might have been his first year when Joe got hurt, and they ended up playing Kansas City. He looked like years away from that quarterback. The quarterback that I saw his first year when he played Kansas City, and I think they ended up losing, is nothing like the quarterback that I see today. The quarterback that I see today is only second to Patrick Mahomes. That's the only quarterback that I believe that is playing better than than, than Lamar Jackson um, this season. And Lamar may even be playing better than him this season, but if you look at – if you take the totality of Mahomes yeah. and – you know, what his receivers haven't done this year. You you sort of get him grace because you know he's great. But but Jackson has played better than any quarterback this season. Why? Because he got him an offensive coordinator in Munkin that believes in him. They put Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham, likely Andrews is back, and they got a running game, a three-headed monster, two backs, and a quarterback. How do you stop this team? And they had two team? backs that went down during exactly. the season. Exactly. They had their two best backs <laughs> yeah. go down. And they got an offensive line that is playing extremely well. The only way you beat the Baltimore Ravens is if the Baltimore Ravens beat themselves. That's the only way you can beat them. Because we saw last week that, you know, you had a Houston team go to Baltimore, which is Houston's a good team. A they're not ahead. ready they're yet, ahead. but they're good. Yeah. But they made it a struggle the first half. And then the second half, once they got their legs up under them, it wasn't even close. They the shouldn't be, exactly. They wasn't even in the same building. I don't think no team this season, other than maybe San Francisco, but they dismantled San Francisco a couple of weeks Crushed ago them. in their place. So I don't think there's no team right now that is playing better than Baltimore. What is the, uh, you know, we always hear about the, the Steeler way, the Patriot mm-hmm. way. There's a mindset to it when you sign there. You sign with Baltimore. It's a mindset. The what, minute you walk what, in. Describe it. Tough, physical. Is it still there? Knows. It's still there. Why do you think they went and got Rowan, uh, Roquan Smith? Because he embodies what the Baltimore yeah, Ravens Ray Lewis are about. Yeah. He's he's the second. He's their Ray Lewis for this year for this generation. He's their Ray Lewis. He brings a physicality. He brings an attitude. He brings an intelligence that the Baltimore when they bring you in, that's what you expect. The minute you walk through those doors, you're stepping into greatness, and you feel no, not no lie. You feel it like. Everything within that building speaks greatness from the owner on down to the equipment people to the guys making your, making your food. You they feel like they're talking they're, – they're, they're backing up the talk. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. And every, if the message is preached across the way. You play like a raven. You are a raven. We brought you in here because we feel you embody what we do. Give me an example of that when you, when you get there. Because you, you clearly, uh, I got this. I don't know yeah. if you felt at home mm-hmm. because you, your mindset's been like that. You said since college, you're motivated to do it. But mm-hmm. can you drop practically anybody in that mix? And, and it goes like, like <sighs> if, is, is Zay Flowers, Zay Flowers anywhere? I think that Zay Flowers, his ability, he can play anywhere. You see what I'm saying, though? Yeah, like, yeah, I, the, I, yeah, he's I, in the right place. Exactly. He's in the right place to bring out um, that, 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 Dog, that yeah. D-A-double-G. Yep. He has it, 
but Baltimore helps him bring it out even more. There's a chip quicker. there. There's a yeah. There's there's just battle. like this. When you walk into that building, see, for me, it was you walk into there, you walk into the team that has already won a Super Bowl. I'm walking in the building. So give Ray, an example of the locker room. Who, who Ray Lewis, Jonathan Ogden, Terrell Suggs, Ed Reed. That's just, you know, four yeah. guys that get drafted. So when you walk in there, there's an expectation. Chris McAllister, there's an expectation yeah. of greatness. Everything we do, we're trying to be great. We may not get there, but that's what we're trying to do. That's what we're achieving. And then you bring in John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh embodied what they wanted. Tough, gritty, hard-nosed, no-nonsense coach. Now, he, you know, he and I would get into it all, like literally. He and I would get into it on the – because there was one field that I hated practicing on. It had high grads. She slipped, and we had to practice on it like times we played uh, Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh would keep their grass a little high. A little and higher. And other make places. you feel good. They're trying to yeah, slow you down. exactly. And I would – bitch about going and he and I will go at it but then after practice he and I will walk off the field and we're talking about our families yeah it was all about business when you walked into that building from the owner on down to everybody else and I think that's what the Titans are trying to replicate all right so you have, you're a great special team or return guy mm -hmm. why don't more special teams coaches have consideration for head coaching opportunities and this ties into John Harbaugh yeah because you would think uh, you know what Here, here's the deal I think because there's not as much emphasis on special teams anymore, they're trying they're to do away with yeah, it. Yeah, they, they did away really with the kickoff return. Yep. Punt return is still there, but it's not like it used to be. You know, the, nope. you know, field goal, field goal block, it is what it is. They've moved everything back. So there's not, there's a premium on coaches, but the emphasis, like, okay, I'm not going to pick my head coach from my special teams unit. I want my head coach to either come from the guru offensive coordinator or the uh, the guru defensive coordinator. That's where I want my next head coach to come from. John came in at a perfect time because I think the organization saw they needed a change. They needed somebody a little bit more gritty, somebody yep. that can that can talk to the whole team. Because when you're a special teams coach, you're not just offensive guys. You're not just defensive guys. You got to mix up everybody, starters, non-starters, offense. Defense, so you got to be able to talk to all of these guys and coach up all of these You got to relate it. Exactly. You have to. And John did a good job at relating it. Now, he was a hard ass for a minute, you know, because he, he had to come in and set set the tone, and, and everybody understood it. But once it was set, once we knew what to expect, once we trusted him and he trusted us, off we, off we went. The first year we went to the FC Championship game with a rookie quarterback under, you know, his first year as um, head coach. And the quarterback was Joe Flacco. Did you know that uh, Flacco was the guy? Yeah. When you got there in practice? Joe could – here's 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 the story behind Joe. So, Steve McNair, he ends up retiring. Yeah. Um, I think they were in the midst of draft and possibly Joe a quarterback anyway because they knew Steve. He had been beat up so much. Yes. And he had missed a lot of games the previous season. So, they're thinking, we need another quarterback. We're going to have to draft a quarterback in the first round. But we had Troy Smith. Troy Smith was former um, um, Heisman Trophy went out of Ohio State. And Troy was a good player. Troy truly was a good player. Everybody loved Troy in the locker room. Troy was slated to be the starter that year. Troy was doing well. Troy ended up getting sick, like deathly sick. Like he was in the hospital for like a week, lost a bunch of weight. Joe had to, now it was like, okay, we're going to let this young guy sit. Delaware kid. But now we got to throw him in there. But once you saw what he could do from a physical standpoint, this kid can throw a ball through a hurricane. 
that's what they needed. They needed, they looked at Ben Roethlisberger, and they said, if we're going to beat Pittsburgh, we got to get about, we got to get somebody underneath center that looks like their quarterback, that's big, physical, tough, that can throw the ball through any weather. And Joe was that guy, and he proved it early. But they didn't like Pittsburgh did with um, Ben Roethlisberger that first year. He barely threw any passes. Yeah. Barely. They protected him. But exactly. They could. And they protected Joe Flacco, and that caused us to be in the AFC Championship game. But obviously, we ran up against Pittsburgh, and they ended up beating us. So, uh, but you knew immediately. Do you, oh, yeah. Do you I, think some of these guys right now in a struggled season, not, not, uh, not a successful rookie year, not C.J. Stroud. Guys know C.J. Stroud's yeah. going to be good. Do they know that in Carolina, the vets there, about Bryce? Do they know um, that in Tennessee with Will Levis? I don't think you know that. If the guy's uh, yeah. not, not have not, you've got to win. Uh-huh. A, a win-loss isn't all on the quarterback, mm-hmm. but there's got to be a moment where you just see it. Mm-hmm. I keep wanting to see it from Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. You know, it's, he's right there. He has there. it. I know. But he always does think, something. I don't think the players there truly buy mm-hmm. into that. He's Josh, Am I wrong for thinking that? No, Is no, that, you're not. He's Josh Allen <clears throat> before Josh Allen got Stephon Diggs. He's Josh Allen even up until possibly last season. Like, Josh is a damn good quarterback, but he always joshes all over himself eventually. Yeah. He always throws interceptions. He always does something that's going to put us behind the eight ball, and then we got to try to overcome it. He didn't do that as much this season. No, he hasn't done the playoffs, really. Exactly. He didn't do it in the playoffs, but you had to run up against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, right. And it's like the Peyton Manning, you know, um, Tom Brady deal. You're great, but you're running up against somebody that's a little bit greater. Yep. And if you don't play, Tom played as a team. Peyton played as a team, but he just didn't have enough to beat Tom on a consistent basis. That's what Josh Allen is going through right now. And I think in regards to um, just the, the kid in now. Carolina. Yeah, Bryce Young. Bryce Young and even Richardson. Even then, um, yeah, we haven't seen um, enough. Levis, we hadn't seen enough right. of Richardson and Levis. What you want to do as players, I think you want to see moments. You don't need to see, like, that first year, you would love to see C.J. Stroud come out and yeah. do his thing. And wins aren't everything because exactly. Peyton sucked his rookie year. I Absolutely. Get it. But you want to see moments. Like, in, in certain moments, how do you react as a player? When you get knocked down a few times, do you get back There's up and a, keep going? If that's what you, exactly. There. Are you showing leadership? I think they like Bryce Young in Carolina. They see that there's something there, but they need to protect him. They know he's a small guy. I'm he shocked can't he didn't get, get hurt. Yeah, he can't get hit that many times. Yeah. But I think the players understand that, and they see something in Bryce that, that they can elevate. You look at Richardson, same thing. They see the toughness. They see the physicality. They see something in this young quarterback that they can sort of, you know, help grow. I think Will Levis is the same way. I think we okay. all saw what Will Levis can be. But we also saw some things that we were a little bit worried about. I've always said that he developed bad habits, and it wasn't his fault. It wasn't his fault. It's like, you know, your big brother, little brother, and the little brother's always following around the big brother, and he's developing some bad habits. You're mimicking. Not because you want to, but because you're mimicking your big brother, whether it be good or bad. Yeah. Will Levis is in the same boat. Because of the offensive line, he developed some bad habits. He started play, He started once, started to play hero ball a little bit, making throws that were, we deem, you know this, um, interception-worthy throws 
That's what he was yeah. doing a lot. They didn't get intercepted, but man, oh, man, they should have been. He was doing that more times than not. He was throwing the ball off his back foot a lot. Why? Because the offensive line wasn't doing a good job at blocking. He was trying to get rid of the ball quickly in, in, in tight spots. Why? And Vrabel even said this. Listen, it's not all on the quarterback. Offensive line got to block. Receivers got to get into their routes yes. quicker. You know? So all this was going on around him. He started to develop bad habits. What I want to see is can he work himself out of these bad, ha- Realize bad habits? Realize even if he don't, didn't throw the pick, he doesn't need to throw the pass again. Exactly. Yeah. Can Brian Callahan get him from not making these errant throws or these interception-worthy throws? So uh, let's circle back, go full circle here, because it goes back to Purdy and Goff. Mm-hmm. I think both of those locker rooms feel like, based on their locker room, they can go and win this game. Yeah. Do, they, do you think they know Purdy with the football in his hands is driving down the field again and winning the game? Ooh, man. See, if you have to think about it, I think, they, yeah. I think they're, they're still hesitant. Like, like the mm-hmm. – I think the players – Do they are, hope he can? Well, I, I think yes. they trust him, but there's, there's a mentality of – man, they've got, uh-huh. got, a, got a damn Pro Bowl roster. Exactly. Because the kid's making eight hundred grand mm-hmm. and can't get a, a raise until after next year. Meanwhile, Jared Goff has led a team to a mm-hmm. Super Bowl. Um, I think it's more of their mentality of it's us against the world. We're in Detroit, and here we go. Yeah, More I than think, it is Jared Goff. I think Detroit. Uh, the other game, we know the quarterbacks are leading Yeah, now. both of those quarterbacks are. You already said you take Goff, though. Yeah, I, I I'm not giving him enough credit. Um, if you look at his numbers, because everybody believes Brock Purdy is still in the race. The hump just 30 the seconds MVP. here, by the way. Yeah, hump for the MVP. He will not win it. Jackson will win MVP. Yeah, he he doesn't. Something's going on. But if you look at Goff's numbers, they are identical. And, and at times, in some categories, they're better than Brock Purdy. Golf can lead a team to a Super Bowl, but here's the deal, just like he did in L.A. He can lead them, but can he win it? I think now, because of the experience, he can win it this year. Yeah, but I don't I mean, think he will. But if he does, I think we're about to see a, a massive explosion of <laughs> hype into a guy that's... Oh, my goodness. I mean, again, not even eligible for a contract extension. Ridiculous. <laughs> Mace, you're the best, man. Uh, thanks for having me hey, on. Uh, I appreciate it. Derek Mason, uh, Check him out on social. Been on the screen there. And uh, check out the AFC and NFC Championship games. We'll be back here 4 o'clock Eastern Monday, recapping it. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network, outkick.com slash watch.